Bailey's, I'm Jasmine Williams, a real estate investment coach and financial womanpreneur. I'm here to prove that you have what it takes to make a killing through real estate investments and home ownership. Welcome to the Women Wealth Impact Podcast, a girlfriend's guide to financial freedom, home ownership, and investing. Does this sound too good to be true? I'm right here as proof that it's possible. Just a few years ago, I was a single mom living paycheck to paycheck, desperately trying to keep it all together. After learning more about money planning, I saw the amazing potential in my finances and I've never looked back. I've seen far too many women battling to build a legacy that they can be proud of. And it all comes down to getting your personal finances in check. But for that, you need a growth strategy, which begins with understanding what's stunting your financial progression. We'll cover how to start from scratch and what it takes to get your finances in alignment with your goals. I'm proud of you for taking the initiative to listen. This is going to be your first step. Welcome to the green community. Let's get started. Hey, ladies, and welcome to the Women, Wealth, and Impact podcast. I am so, I don't even want to keep saying that. I'm excited. I am overwhelmed um, with the number of women that are really tuning into their personal finances. They're like, listen, I am going to stop making excuses. I'm going to go ahead and figure this shit out. Bleep me out if you need to. Let me know. But I'm, I'm tired of not knowing. I want to go ahead and I want to figure this out right away. So it's Jasmine, of course. I'm your real estate coach and strategist. And tonight, we are going to talk about how to manage and put together a financial freedom plan and then talk about like some of the reasons why we may be into the tra- trajectory that we're into now. So I promise that you're going to leave with some action steps, some things that make sense, some things that you're like, you know what? I didn't even think about that. And I promise you that if you put just one thing into play, it's going to change your thoughts. It's going to change how you look at your finances. It's going to change even, hopefully it'll change your finances altogether and we can go ahead and get you to the goal. So let's get started. First, I want to talk about a article. Um, I guess this was more of a, not necessarily article. It was um, a case study that was done um, by Goldman Sachs last year. And I'll put the link up to it in the, the comments. But <clears throat> It was a, a article um, or case study um, talking about how black women in their economics and kind of what is happening and why it's happening um, to us. And the, the study was done last year, so um, it's pretty relevant and pretty new um, to, to really dive deep into. Um, and I want you all to read it just so you can understand that while we definitely need to take ownership of where we are now, don't feel like you are starting too late because a lot of us are in the same um, the same boat and because of that if we help each other get up and help each other once we learn something turn somebody onto this and do all of the things then we can get better as a community um, as a race right so black women I am speaking specifically to you tonight I don't I'm, I'm talking specifically to you because a lot of times what happens is that we think that we can't do this because we are black women and no one speaks specifically to us and then we don't take any action at all. So the first thing that I want to talk about is our black girl magic. Black girl magic is a thing, girl, when I tell you all of my sisters 
are just amazing at what they do, whether they do hair, whether they are uh, in business, whether they are, uh, you know, baking cookies, cooking, like we just do everything so well. The thing that we don't do so well is manage our finances. Unfortunately, we just don't do it good. Uh, and I know that's like kind of hard to hear because it's like, yes, I, I kind of know that already. Um, but we need to talk about it. Let's put this out on the forefront instead of we're just trying to just keep saying, okay, yeah, we know we don't manage our finances and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's trying to figure that out. Let's talk about it and say, you know what? We could manage our finances a little bit better. So when we are walking in our black girl magic, when we're walking in that confident confidence, um, we will, you know, have a new hairstyle, uh, wear bold colors, do all the things to stand out. But we don't walk in that same confidence when it comes to our finances and we have to go ahead and let it go. A recent study showed that 90% of black women are, are um, living below their counterparts, meaning white households, by 90%. That's huge. That means that we are behind the eight ball something crazy just because we are afraid to approach our finances. The next thing that I learned is that 55% of women um, in renting households are paying um, what they call, they're in a rent burden or rent burdened. Um, they are paying 30% um, or more of their income to, to housing. Now it's recommended that you pay around 24%, 30% is the mix, but we're not just paying 30%. We're paying more than 30%, which is tremendous. And that is just going to set us behind because it's forever going to leave us in a deficit when it comes to getting ahead. If we're paying rent and we're not building equity, we're not building ownership, then that means that all of our income that we put out when it comes to where we live, which is something that is essential, we will never get that money back. And because of that, it makes it so hard for us to get ahead. And that's why a lot of times we fall behind. The next thing that we talk about is not only are we kind of behind, but we've had a history of just not getting educated. We're not getting educated about our finances. At our dinner table, we're not talking about um, how to manage your bank accounts. And even if we are told, we're told to save every dime. We're not told to invest. And the thing is, is that the only way for our money to work for us the way that it should be is that we're investing our money, not just saying, okay, I have a healthy savings account. That's a part of it. But you want to invest your money so that you are growing your money without you having to physically work. So we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I wanted to touch on that because a lot of times we think that savings is where it's at and it's not. Savings is good. You should definitely have, uh, you know, at least uh, a month of savings, an emergency savings at the be very beginning. At the emergency savings, $1,000 you should have saved right off the bat. Don't not have that, right? Have a thousand dollars that you can grab, whether it be that your car broke down, the kids, you know, I had a, my son, he, um, he, uh, fell and, and, and cracked his tooth. That was an emergency because the dental, our dinner, dental insurance would not cover the cracked tooth because it was, it was seen as being cosmetic. So 
I need to, that was a dental emergency that I need to pay for. Those are emergencies. Emergencies are not your light bills, right? It's not your water bill. It's not your utilities. It's not your car payment. Those aren't emergencies because those should be set up in your money plan or AKA your budget so that you don't have to, you know, pay late fees and things like that. And that's a whole nother conversation, but you want to at least start with that emergency fund. So when we talk about what financial freedom looks like for us, it looks different for everybody. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't look the same. It could be mean that um, you're not tied down to a job. Like basically you can say, listen, I'm not working anymore. Um, you could be able to afford big purchases by saving um, cash and not relying on creating more debt for yourself. So basically, if you want to buy a car, your whatever you have set up, the financial freedom that you have set up allows you to go ahead and buy that car. And you can go ahead and say, okay, I don't need to get a car note in order to, to afford that. Financial freedom looks like a lot of things for a lot of people, right? You have to figure out what in your head does financial freedom look like. For me, it looks like, hey, you know what? If I need to take off and take some time to really like recalibrate, being a business owner is a is not an easy thing, right? And so that's another, again, another another podcast. But being a business owner, um, being a coach, being um, you know someone who is accessible to people and to my community. Uh, is not easy. And so sometimes I feel like if I could just take a break, I'm honestly not financially free. I do have my money working for me. I have investments. Of course, I have my rental, you know, my multi-million dollar rental portfolio. I have those things. However, because I don't, um, I can't necessarily step away. Like if I, if I step away and just say, I'm going to live in Bali for a couple months, everything's going to stop. Income is going to keep coming in, thank God, but it's not going to come in at the capacity that it does when I am actively working. So financial freedom for me looks like, hey, you know what? I don't have to like be present in order for me to make money. So you have to determine what financial freedom looks like for you. The next thing is, is that you, when you're thinking about what financial freedom looks for you, looks like for you, you have to think about what is going to make you happy. It's going to make you have enough money to enjoy life and be able to save for that retirement goal. When you, when I say savings, I know that I just said no savings account. I mean putting money in an investment account that's going to grow again without you having to physically work for that money. So. You want to go ahead and put that in place. Um, the last thing that I, I always tell people is that one thing that black women don't do, and I know this as being an expert because I work with primarily black women. The one thing that we don't do is we don't live below our means. So what does that mean? If you make $100,000 a year and you're blessed to be able to do that, um, you're blessed to be able to make $50,000 a year, Right. And your income and all your expenses and all the things, when it comes in at the end of the day, you're spending $50,000 or more, then that means you're living below, be, beyond your means, above your means. You should be living below your means, which is really the key to building wealth and to building, you know, some cushion. Um, and I know that it's hard because if you have already dedicated and put your life in position to where you are now, meaning that you've already 
establish the life that you live. So it's hard to cut back and like, you know, do all the things. But one of the things that I tell people or tell women to set up is a, um, is a side hustle or something like that to bring in extra money. If you start living for like including the side hustle into your income, it defeats the whole purpose. So we're going to get in that for in a second, but you have to live below your means. So if you're making $50,000 a year, live like you make 40,000. And it may be an adjustment to what your lifestyle looks like, but in the long run, it's going to help you be able to get ahead. So um, when you're living be below your means, you're going to see, you're like, you know what, this money, you know, and even if it's, it means, okay, for instance, one of the things that I encourage women to do in our program is to go ahead and ask for a raise. If you a black woman, you are smart, you are wonderful, you didn't figured something out, you've saved your company dollars, all of the things made things more efficient, all the things, right? So because of that, you need to go and ask for a raise. Now, I had a woman do this in our program. She went and asked for a raise. She got a $20,000 raise. How amazing is that? Because they did not want to lose her. Because she got the $20,000 raise, you know what she did? Instead of living like she was making $20,000 more, she just lived like she had been living. And that 20 extra money started going into a savings account. After six months, she had saved, like, let's just say roughly about $8,000. How amazing is that? Just doing what she already was doing. So one of the things that I say is just look, kind of get found money. Found money means that money that you kind of already have in your grasp, in your reach, and going ahead and executing on, on that. We found money, we found find money everywhere. There are websites that have unclaimed uh, 401ks, unclaimed insurance policies and things like that. You can check that out in your state, but go ahead and really exercise that fail money so that you can go ahead and make things better for yourself. So <clears throat> when you are um, planning for your financial freedom, you want to start, if you're working for someone else, and that's perfectly fine. In fact, building wealth can look like starting working a, you know, a nine to five job. There's nothing wrong with it. Starting a business is something that is not for everybody. I don't really recommend it for everybody. I think some people are, have the capacity to do it. Some people are just like, um, no, I want to go ahead and do the job that I know how to do. Um, and then do it really, really well and get paid the most for it and perform at my high, highest level so that I am the top in my profession. And that is perfectly okay. So what that with that being said is that you want to work for knowledge, not money. And you might be like, well, Jasmine, work for knowledge and not money. What does that even mean? That means, hey, I know we all have bills. Um, believe me. Um, I know when you are taking or considering taking a new job, look at the options. It could be paying less than what you typically would go ahead and get paid for that. But the knowledge and experience that you're going to gain, even if you work that job for a year, um, it's going to be tremendous. I didn't know it at the time, but my first job was a property manager and I was managing a portfolio of properties for a large property management company that was located in New Jersey. We were still here in Philadelphia, but they owned property here. Um, because of that, I learned how to manage properties. Now, I don't have as many properties as, as that owner, but 
the systems that I learned in managing that carried on to me manage my own multi-million dollar uh, portfolio. Now, not that many millions that he has, but it could be that because I know how to manage it because I was getting paid to do it. So don't work for the money, work for the knowledge. Now, I want you to get paid at the top of your profession. Once you become the best at it, the GOAT, then yes, get paid, black woman. But when you are starting and you are learning a new skill and you want to break into another industry, go ahead and work for the knowledge, not necessarily the paycheck. Then, of course, I would suggest that you start a part-time business or a side hustle. That could be anything. A part-time business or something that you can be a consultant. Um, we have some women that teach um, kids overseas how to go ahead and speak English. And it's an amazing thing because I thought like you would need to learn, you know, have a special degree, but you don't. Um, they put together the curriculum. You can teach them. You can put your own time. I think they pay like $75 an hour. Doing that, setting that up so that you're getting that paid into your business is key, even if you do it two hours a day, right? So that's $150 a day, five days a week. That can add up, right? And so now you're thinking, okay. Now I can get some momentum going here, save the money, put it in a separate account. Don't, I think I've talked about this before, put it in a, a capital 360 account so that you, capital savings 360 um, account so that you can't touch it right away. You need to request that money in order to get it. But if you put that in that, in that little savings account and just let it just go there and not even touch it, act like you don't even make it, you work your hours, it goes, the, the little check goes there then that, that's going to accumulate over time. Just think about after a month. Think about after six months. Now we have money that we can invest when we're talking about purchasing our homes, when we're talking about going ahead and purchasing our investment properties. It can happen for us. We just need to be strategic at what we're doing. So I do um, recommend that you start a part-time business and a side hustle. I don't necessarily think that you need to, you know, um, get a second job. I wouldn't recommend that. I think that you need to do things that are on your own time. And the reason why I say that is because we still want to thrive and help our children thrive, um, help our families thrive and things like that. And if you have to be tied down to a second job, that may not be possible. And then the last thing, of course, when you're building wealth and you're setting up that financial freedom is going ahead and making your money work for you. Now, we all may not be there at this time, but investing is really going to be where it's at. Taking the time to invest in something, right? You can just go ahead and buy CDs at your credit union. You can go ahead and do it's. There's so many things, right? I'm not a financial advisor. You want to go ahead and build your team. That's one of the things that a lot of people fail to do. They think that they need to do everything on their own, but you don't. You can go through and build a team, a financial advisor. I'm not one, um, but I can recommend some financial advisors that are amazing at what they do, and they really just help you set up a financial plan so that you have a team. Don't think that you have to do this thing alone, right? Financial freedom is not built, um, you know, by people that when it's built successfully, it's not necessarily built by someone just doing it alone. They're getting advised on how the things are. When I sat with a financial planner, it opened up my eyes to something that was amazing because I'm like, oh, this is what you do? This is how you can do these things? Oh, you don't have to set it up this way? Insurance can work for you this way? Yes, Jasmine. So take the time to build that team, but also make sure that in your financial plan or in your financial freedom, that you have money that is going to work for you 
by investing it. I truly want you all to take these steps, take some time to go ahead and, and uh, build this out. Write down your plan. Like I always say, if you're going to write down your plan, if you're on the only way that you're going to be able to execute on it is if you write it down, that's going to make it real. And then you can go ahead and put the things. A lot of times when we're starting these plans out, we're like, oh, well, I have credit cards to go ahead and be in an emergency. That's not an emergency fund because the interest that you're going to like, just say if you have a thousand dollar emergency and um, you have to pay 16% of interest on that, you know, after the credit card bill comes, think about how much is being added to that every month that you don't pay it down. That's not an emergency fund. When I was building my emergency fund, I literally went through my house and determined the things that I did not use anymore, put them up on Facebook marketplace and got to my first thousand dollars. Then I just started keep generating income so that it can make sense. And so that I was not so stressed of trying to figure out how to get this done. So today I want to know, drop in the comments, send me an email, jwilliams at G-R-E-M-O-M.com. Make sure you join our text community at 267-458-6976 and let me know, what are you going to do to create a plan for you to go ahead and create your financial freedom? What does that look like for you? What does financial freedom, like what, how does this fare somewhere? And then let me know so that I can give you some feedback. I love to just hear what, what you have planned. I love to be able to tell you how, okay, once you get to that point, now let's get to the next point, which is generating wealth with real estate. Because the thing about generating wealth with real estate is that it becomes the easiest thing that you can do once you do the first one. I'll break down some numbers. I had a woman who invested about $20,000 into her first investment property. Went ahead, invested that money. Uh, Six months later, the property was fixed, had a tenant in it. It had about $80,000 in equity. We pulled the equity out of the property and we did it all over again. Now, that first $20,000 is in that she could have just taken her $20,000 back and invested it. Well, let's say, let's just do the math. Um, When you're thinking about doing this, you want to make sure that the numbers make sense. So, when you are borrowing the equity equity on any of your properties, remember that you cannot borrow 100% of equity, right? And so if you have $80,000 in equity, you can borrow 80% of that, which is 64000 Now, what she did was she took $20,000 back to put it back into her cushion of her business. And then she went ahead and bought two more properties with the $40,000 that she had pulled out on equity and she did the same play. It's called the bird method. A lot of times we go through that and then people are like, well, how do you do that? You have to, that's why maintaining your personal finances, maintaining your credit, maintaining all of the things when it comes to setting up your business the right way. Everything that I teach in our course um, is really essential, right? Because now you're just building a machine and you're just churning this thing out so that you can go ahead and get it done. So make sure you join our masterclass. It's going to be happening in a few weeks. I will put the link in the comments so that you can join us so that you can get your questions answered when it comes to leveraging real estate to build wealth and set that financial freedom goal. It could look like, hey, Jasmine, you know what? I want to travel the world and I don't want to clock in. And I, I'm three years, this, this, is, this job is done. But what does the plan look like backwards? Because you can build a million dollar uh, real estate portfolio that pays you $10,000 a month 
for your for your rentals and most people can live off of ten thousand dollars a month so if we go ahead and get that done then you could go ahead and, and live your best life somewhere i really want that for you i want that for all of my sisters and if i can help you in any type of way i'm here for that i'm here to be able to help you get to the next level of what you want to do a lot of us truly have the means to do it we just don't know how to pull the pieces together and that's what we do in our program and i'm going to explain how we do that in our master class so make sure that you sign up can't wait to see you all and again i thank you for listening uh, if you've gotten this far you have gotten some gems let me know how you're going to go through and execute on the things that we talked about tonight i appreciate you all and i'll see you all next week talk to you soon I'm so happy that you joined me for this episode of the Women Wealth Impact Podcast. If you can take anything away from today, I hope you know that your financial future is in your control and I'm living proof. Home ownership and real estate investing is for every woman. And I would love it if you would take some time to share this podcast to help others feel empowered and in control of their future too. Take a screenshot of the podcast and share it on your Instagram. Tag me at Green Real Estate Mom so we can connect. On Facebook, join the Green Everything community so that we can chat about the latest episode. See you next week.